0: It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketchpad. This is the Tech Guide podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of TechGuide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide episode three hundred and thirty. Hello and welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. My name is Stephen Fennick, and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. Happy New Year. We hope you had a nice holiday break. Welcome to another year of the Tech Guide podcast. Thanks so much for your support. We've just landed in Las Vegas for the Consumer Electronics Show, and we'll go through what we can expect to see in 2019. Also on the show... Apple shares slump on the back of weaker iPhone sales while the App Store sets records. And Uniden has unveiled a new wireless 4G security camera that can be positioned anywhere in the tech guide reviews we're going to check out the neurophone headphones that can be tuned to the way you hear sound amazon's also revealed the top selling products for the christmas period and signet unveils its new wireless charging range and we'll wrap it all up with the tech guide help desk and it's all brought to you by netgear australia's number one brand of home wi-fi products and also norton the company to help keep you and your family safe online a huge show to start 2019 so let's get cracking Well CES is here We've just arrived in Las Vegas The show itself doesn't start for a couple of days yet So we'll cover all the announcements And everything that we see here In next week's podcast But in the meantime though We're going to talk about a couple of uh, pre-announcements We'll we'll kick off with that And we'll also project And look into the crystal ball And take a look at what we can expect to see Technology wise What we're looking forward to seeing anyway In 2019 Samsung had a a pre-CES announcement that, that revealed they're going to have a new feature on their smart TVs. It's called Remote Access, and as its name suggests, it gives users of their TVs the ability to access other devices in their home, like their PCs, tablets, and smartphones, so you can access not only the devices, but also the content that's on board. You can even, with this feature access cloud services as well. So imagine you want to access maybe a document from your a cloud server. You can do that right there on the biggest screen, the best screen in your home, the Samsung Smart TV. You can, of course, connect a keyboard and a mouse to the screen. So it's a giant computer screen so you can do your works, you can view content, browse the web, whatever you need to do. So that's one of the many features we're anticipating. That's not the only feature that'll be on the new Samsung TVs, but one of the many features that we can expect to see. LG also made a couple of announcements. The first is uh, their soundbar range for 2019. Uh, Again, they're going to partner with Meridian Audio. They're going to have three new sound bars, the SL10, SL9, SL8. And this partnership is going to provide some pretty, pretty good uh, technology in terms of sound quality and bass and the whole immersive audio experience they're going to provide they're going to have Dolby Atmos on board as well as well as DTS.X supported so you can just imagine sounds coming from every part of the room despite the fact that the soundbars are sitting below the TV you'll be hearing noises all around you so rather than having speakers all around the place the new LG soundbars can provide that great surround sound experience. The other announcement that LG made was all around a new projector, and not just any old projector. This is the Cinebeam 4K Ultra Short Throw Projector. Now, as its name suggests, this is a projector that can be placed as close as 5 centimetres from the wall and to project a 90-inch picture. If you want to take it back a little bit further, about 16 centimetres, you can then project a 100-inch uh, picture as well so 4k quality uh, doesn't take up much room in your home in fact it sits on your entertainment unit like a it's about the size of a blu-ray player and it projects this image up onto the wall so that's exciting stuff we're going to see that in action at ces really look forward to seeing that one it's a, a great solution for for any, anyone who doesn't want to go to too much trouble to set up a projector Usually you need to mount a projector on the ceiling if you want to have that full cinematic experience here. You can actually put it right near the wall. That's why it's called a short-throw projector, and you can enjoy those big images as well. Now, looking forward to 2019, and I'm sure we're going to see a lot of new stuff at CES this year, I just thought I'd take a look at the the technology that I'm looking forward to seeing uh, this this year, and you, you can't go past 8K TVs. We had a taste of that at IFA back in Berlin a few months ago, and I think every TV company, including Samsung, Hisense, LG, you name them, they'll all have some kind of 8K play this year. Now, 8K TVs are going to have four times the resolution of your regular 4K TV, but What, what that's going to support is our appetite for these much larger screens. So we're, we're looking at screens 75, 80 and and above that people are looking for now. So they're looking at 4K TVs. And when, when your TV's over 80 inches, it, it, your 4K resolution, you can maybe start to see the pixels and some of the imperfections. So the thinking behind 8K, despite the fact there's no content out there, by the way, the thinking about 8K is the, the ability for you to enjoy even more pixels. And so having, having four times as many pixels as 4K, your picture of even if it's an 88 inch TV is going to look pristine. And the thing about them is that they're going to offer, I know this, that Samsung TVs will do this. They're 8K TVs. They're going to have this amazing upscaling ability as well. So you can imagine that putting, uh, watching 4K or whatever other content. It's going to upscale it to near 8K quality, which is really exciting. The other interesting tech, and I've outlined all these on Tech Guide, by the way. Uh, the other interesting tech I'm looking forward to seeing are the foldable smartphones. So we a few months ago, a couple of months ago, Samsung announced their Infinity Flex display, which is basically the AMOLED technology that can be folded. So the the scenario here would be a regular looking phone with a screen on the front, and it opens up to a seven-inch display. So that can be used for multitasking, can be used for watching your content. It is going to be a trend this year. The, the phone hasn't changed very much in 10 years, so this is going to be an exciting step change to the form factor of the phone that we're used to. And don't, don't expect Samsung to be the only company to offer this. We're going to see this, I think, from many other manufacturers. I wouldn't be surprised if... Huawei or Oppo, one of these Chinese companies, actually beat Samsung to the punch with uh, with their folding smartphones as well. So while on the phones, a couple of other things we're predicting here. Uh, there, there's going to be, for the last couple of years, anyone who owns an iPhone, an iPhone X or any of these other full-screen devices – we've seen the the plethora of notches. So that's that little gap at the top of the screen that allows the accommodates the camera and the sensors. What I'm anticipating this year is the notch will fade away in some, some phones. Samsung have never had a notch, and they never will have a notch, but I'm predicting their next Galaxy S10, which could be out uh, in the next couple of months, will have a feature where the camera just peeks out of the screen through a little hole. So if it's the single lens version, probably the S10, it'll be in one small hole. The S10 Plus maybe have a a larger hole to accommodate dual front-facing cameras. That's I think something we're going to see. I think go uh, Huawei or Oppo. I think maybe that uh, Huawei released a phone that had that very feature. So uh, really interesting to see that one as well. While we're on uh, continuing on the topic of phones, I think this year is also going to be the year where we see a lot more five G. There will be this five G is currently being built by Optus and Telstra. So their network is growing. They're starting to build out the network. I don't don't think we're going to see any phones anytime soon. I think the back end of twenty nineteen, probably twenty twenty, is more realistic to expect any five G handset. So the next Samsung Galaxy Note devices, they won't be 5G. The next iPhones won't be 5G. I think they're going to wait till 2020 for, for that to take place. Number one, they've still got to perfect the technology to fit in the 5G radio in the phone. But number two, the network has to be built out. So the, the, the network is still uh, pretty much in its infancy. So we're going to see that expand in the later half of 2019 into 2020 as well. Other things we are looking forward to. There's going to be a lot more and the the announcements are already coming through about more electric cars. I'm a big electric car fan. I am a, a Tesla owner, so I'm all into electric vehicles. But what Tesla's done is really put the torch, the blowtorch, to these other car manufacturers to get their act together in terms of electrifying their range. And we're already seeing uh, the first electric vehicles from some pretty major motoring companies, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Mini, Volvo. Uh, Jaguar just released its iPACE electric car uh, in late 2018. So it's happening. I think you're going to see a lot more of that. Autonomous driving still a few years away yet. We're going to hear a lot a lot about that at CES. I'll, I'll report back with anything I find out there. But uh yeah, again, that that's another another progress uh project in development. The other thing, uh, this is a big rumor that we're gonna see in 2019, we're gonna see the PlayStation 5. The rumours are pretty strong that by late 2019, we're probably talking Christmas 2019, the PS5 will make an appearance. The original thought was that it wasn't going to be out until 2021, but it appears from what the rumblings that we're hearing is that Sony's had a change of heart and they want to bring that out sooner uh, rather than later. And 2019 could be the year when we see it. So that, that's the technology we're looking forward to seeing in 2019, as well as some of the devices and products pre-announced for the Consumer Electronic Show. As I said, I will uh, next week's episode we will have a full wrap up of CES the entire show will be dedicated to the consumer electronics show. It's the biggest show of the year so deserves an episode to itself and we'll have all of that for you next week. But in the meantime, if you want to read more about those stories, CES pre pre announcements, the what we're predicting for 2019, what we're hoping to see, you can check all of that out at techguide.com.au. Tech guide. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Well, it's been an interesting start to the year for Apple. They've announced that they've... They revised their revenue predictions. They, uh, predicted, uh, $5 billion less revenue than anticipated on the back of weaker than expected iPhone sales. So the, uh, share prices as a result of that announcement actually slumped, uh, 7%, the, uh, the share price, 7.5% the share price dropped, wiping $55 billion off the company's value. Incredible. But there, there's some interesting thoughts behind why this is happening. Why did, why are the iPhone sales weaker than expected? And Tim Cook in a, in a really interesting, interesting, uh, letter, open letter to investors has said that the weaker than expected iPhone sales were mainly from China. Uh, he said that the, the, that's the ma, the majority of that shortfall, uh, occurred in greater China, despite the fact that other Apple services and other Apple products like the Mac, the iPad, Apple Watch all grew by a combined, an average of 19% year on year. So it's, the phone is, has taken a hit, but Apple's other products haven't which is pretty strange. He's also saying that uh, the rising trade tensions between the US and China may have also had an effect. There are also now fewer carrier subsidies as well. So customers are also taking advantage of cheaper iPhone battery replacements rather than buying a new iPhone they are t- taking the option of a battery replacement. So uh, they're the reasons that that Tim Cook has put forward. But other other observers, myself included. Probably, uh, puts the, the, the drop in iPhone sales down to the strong performance of Chinese brands, including Huawei and Oppo. Huawei is now the number two brand in the world, and they've had a stellar 2018. They released the P20 Pro in the first half of the year, which was an absolute hit. And in, uh, in November last year, no, sorry, October last year, they released the Mate twenty Pro, which, in my opinion, is one of the was one of the phones of the year. So strong sales on the back of that. I think Chinese consumers, rather than buying an iPhone, have, in my opinion, they're, they're, they're looking to get the home option. The, the, the Chinese manufacturer Huawei doing a great job with those two devices, and that I think has played a part in in the in the shortfall there, the the weaker than expected iPhone sales. But it hasn't been all bad news for Apple. Really interesting that the App Store has had a record year, and in in the la in the week between Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, customers spent. This is US dollar figure one point two two billion dollars between Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. So you can just imagine a lot of people with their new iPhones, their new iPads wanting to download the latest apps, and they they spent pretty big, $1.22 billion. And on New Year's Day alone, customers splurged $322 million. These are US figures, so in Australian dollars, you're talking $2.5 billion here. Our dollar is pretty weak at the moment, but... That's pretty impressive. So how's that for going from a, a bad news day to a, a good news day for Apple in the space of 24 hours? Their iPhone sales have slumped, yet App Store going through the roof. In fact, Apple services, which include the App Store, Apple Music, Cloud Services, Apple Pay, uh, and the App Store's search ad business. So these combined to to create the, the umbrella that they call Apple services have had a record year. They haven't specified... Exact uh, figure, the dollar amount that uh, they've they've generated in revenue, but they've called it a record year. And what will we be downloading? The app store, gaming and self care apps were the most popular uh, categories. And no surprise here, multiplayer games like Fortnite were among the most downloaded games in that holiday period as well. Australian apps also did pretty well. Some of the most successful apps, in fact, uh, are Australian apps, including The Wiggles. They've got an app called Fun Time with Faces that uses the augmented reality to create this interactive experience. The other popular Australian app is Procreate, which is a a digital illustration app that uh, is, is very, very popular. Other Aussie popular apps is Canva, which is a web-based application that makes graphic design really simple for everyone. Uh, there's also uh, Paper Bark, which is a, a story uh, a story based on Australian culture, like uh, using Bush, uh, the Wombats and uh, Australian Summer. So a really great representation of Australia, all presented in a storybook form on the app as well. So Aussie's doing pretty well on the world stage there, but, boy, the App Store has uh, taken had a, had a record year, and that holiday period, wow, they've, uh, cre- they've made some money. You want to read more about those stories, Apple Slump and the App Store record, you can check all of them out at techguide.com.au. Well, Uniden have announced a new product and this is a handy one. You 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 know that how popular wireless security cameras are and Uniden has just announced their new app cam solo wire-free 4G solar camera. So, this is a camera that doesn't need a your Wi-Fi network at home because you can put a 4G SIM card on board. Doesn't need to be constantly recharged because you can attach a solar panel to it as well there is a rechargeable battery but with the solar panel it's just constantly being topped up so that really opens up the possibilities of this camera and where it can be placed so you can use it to monitor building sites properties you might have a boat moored somewhere you might have a but live in a rural property you want to monitor agricultural equipment your livestock uh so there's no limit to where you can place this and because it connects to the cellular network rather than your Wi-Fi network, you can put it anywhere, you get four G reception, which is pretty much everywhere. And the rechargeable battery on board, when you've paired that to the unit and solar panel, it can also be powered non-stop from anywhere. So it really opens up the possibilities. It's a, it's a weatherproof camera, of course. So go inside and out. Comes with a a camouflage sleeve as well. So it's not as conspicuous. Uh, shoots in, in full high definition. Has a 110 degree viewing angle and also has night vision. So it can be used day and night. Uh, it's got a 7,800 milliamp hour battery which is, uh, that's, that's a pretty big battery. It can be powered for quite a while. But again, the solar panel really makes the need to recharge the the battery redundant. You don't need to recharge it if you've got a solar panel. So that'll work pretty nicely. So you can view footage from the camera, of course, remotely using the Unidenz Solar app. That's a free app. Uh, will give you notifications when motion is detected, also includes Uniden's proprietary ThermoSense technologies which senses both heat and movement so you're not getting all these false notifications, you're getting proper movement notifications sent straight through to the app. You can store the footage that the cameras capture on the local SD card or via the Uniden cloud backup as well. There's also two-way audio, so if you, do, you need to talk to someone in, that you see on camera, you can do that. There's also a siren on board, so if you do see an intruder or someone that shouldn't be there, you can actually set off the siren and uh, hopefully scare them away uh really handy if you if the two way talk feature especially if you uh maybe have a you want to talk to a courier or a tradie's arrived at your site or wherever you happen to be any other visitor you can actually talk to them through the camera which is really easy so you can you don't have to be there you can talk to them anyway The Uniden AppCam Solo 4G and the solar panel kit are available now, and that's priced at $649. If you want to read more about that, check that out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. That's the company behind Orbi, the award-winning system that makes your Wi-Fi faster and takes your Wi-Fi further. Orbi Wi-Fi systems are designed for any size home, large or small, from apartments and lofts to single family homes and sprawling estates. No more dead zones, no black spots, just better Wi-Fi everywhere. And for those times when you need a little more, Orbi add-on satellites gives you additional coverage inside and out. It's perfect for backyards, garages and even the granny flat. In today's modern household, Orbi's tri-band Wi-Fi system lets you stream your favourite movies in 4K and play online games by providing ultra fast Wi-Fi, no matter how many devices are connected. Orbi plugs into your existing modem and is really easy to set up with just a couple of clicks. And not only does it work great, it looks great too and blends right into your home's decor. is the easiest, fastest, most expansive and advanced mesh Wi-Fi network available today. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Orbi, better Wi-Fi everywhere. Tech guy Now. A tech guide review with Stephen Fennick. Our review: the Neurophone headphones. Uh, this, this is. There's a lot of headphones out there. Uh, we've we've listened to most of them, and they're not all created equal. They're, they're, you can detect, you know, the, the, depending on how well you, you appreciate audio, you can tell. Good pair of headphones when you put it on, and there's kind of a one size fits all in terms of audio quality that they produce. So this set of headphones is sounds the same for everyone, but not so for Neurophone. Neurophone is has this incredible technology on board that can actually read and detect how you hear sound. So uh, a little bit of a, a little bit of a biology lesson here. We all hear sound differently. So what Neurophone does, when you first put on the headphones, you, you're guided through the companion Neuro app and it steps you through these, this little procedure that plays this sound in your ear. So what happens? You hear sound and your, and a sound comes back. So your ear actually makes sound. It it actually doesn't just hear, it makes a noise. So the returning noise in that noise, in that little sound, uh, is information that tells the headphones, how your ear is mapped, how your ear is geared to hear sound. So with that information, Neurophone can adapt itself to play you, your music, how you're meant to hear it. So it's it's optimised for each individual user. You create a profile, and when you hear your music, it's optimised to how you hear music. The incredible thing about this is that the in the app, you can toggle between how it would normally sound and how it sounds with your special profile. And the difference is absolutely incredible. It's night and day, the difference. So this can tune itself to how you hear sound. I've been listening to all of my favourite music that I know back to front that I know so well, and I'm hearing this music like I've never heard it before. It is remarkable. Now, the headphones themselves have, from the outside, they look pretty similar to any other pair of headphones, but if you take a look inside each ear cup, there's a small diaphragm, so there's like a ribbed diaphragm inside, as well as a silicon ear tip. So you've got your normal ear cups. Inside that cup, then, is an in-ear ear, connection as well so when you put them on it blocks off the sound from the outside and then the silicon ear tip can create a seal when you're wearing the headphones so it's like wearing a pair of in-ear headphones and headphones at the same time and it doesn't sound as uncomfortable as I'm probably describing it it actually uh, it is very comfortable I was wearing these for hours and not a problem at all The seal it creates is so good that you can hear your pulse in your ears when there's no music playing. If you've ever, if you're ever lying on your side on your pillow or you block your ears, you hear this thrumming sound. That's you hearing your pulse through your ears. And that's exactly what you can do when there's no music playing with the Neurophone headphones. As I said, really comfortable fit and sound fantastic. And I wore these for hours. So, and And the, the whole uh, optimization process takes a minute. It doesn't take a long time at all, and once that's done, knows how you like to hear your music so uh that is a, an incredible result there the The sound that comes out of your ear it's called the auto-acoustic emission, and that originates in your cochlea and that in in encoded in that tiny sound is this information about how well the sound went into your ear in the first place. So it's remarkable technology that Neurophone's taken advantage of here to give you that incredible sound quality. Put a picture in the review of how the, the, my ear or my profile looks inside the app. And you can toggle between the neutral, the regular sound and your personalized sound. And as I said, incredible difference. There is another mode called immersion mode where it's kind of like setting the subwoofer setting for your, for the headphones. You can choose to have it pretty high. And I, I when I had some music, I heard that some particularly bass heavy music, it really reverberated heavily. And I actually had to actually turn the immersion mode down. I had it about two thirds of the way to full and, uh, it was just too much. So they'll have to get into the app. And this isn't volume I'm talking about. This is just the immersion mode. So I had to reduce that significantly as well. So I put it back to about halfway and it's pretty suitable to any type of music. You can always adjust it, of course, but uh, there were some songs where it was just too much. I had to, I had to play down the immersion mode. But in terms of design, uh, they, they come in this, uh, they've got really nice soft leather ear cups, so, a leather headband as well, a leather lined headband. Uh, look, look really good. In terms of pricing, these are sort of on par with Bose and Sony. If you want to buy a Bose QC35 Series 2, they're going to cost you 499 Same with the Sony, the 1000XM3s, uh, they're, they're going to be about 499 I think I've seen them as cheap as 399 So So the Neurophones the are playing in the same ballpark. But what Bose and Sony can't do, they do sound brilliant, by the way, on their own, but Neurophone allows you to have that demise sound quality for you. You create your profile because we all hear, hear sound different. I'm, I'm sure you've heard that before. A lot of a lot of people say that our ears are, are as unique as our fingerprints uh, in terms of how we hear sound and how they operate. So, this is remarkable how it can take advantage of that, find that out, map how you hear sound. And, and then play it so well. On the outside are touch controls, which are, you can uh, you can change. You, you can uh, have it to advance your music, control volume, and things like that. You can change all of that in the app. You can adapt that for yourself, however you like it. Uh, they've also turned themselves on and off by themselves. So when you take them off and they don't detect any movement, they shut down. Similarly, when you put them back on again... After a couple of seconds you 'll hear it identify you, welcome you by name it 'll tell you uh, the battery level so you know exactly where you 're at with your, in terms of your battery and uh, and then allow you to play your music. You can monitor the music through the neurophone app or just use your normal your normal app that you listen to your music service that you 're listening to. Uh, so all in all, I think a pretty good package there. They come in this uh, magnetic case as well. So you get the headphones sit inside and they, there's a magnetic little seal that comes on top of them. Uh, it does also come with a cable. So if you want a charging cable as well as if you want to connect them with uh, to your device directly. If your device still has a headphone jack there's a there's an option for that you can also uh, have choose to buy a cable that has a lightning connection uh USB C connection and of course there's a cable uh normal audio cable so if you want to use them on a plane because they do have excellent acoustic noise cancellation, active, sorry, noise cancellation. So created not only by the over-ear construction, but also by that seal that creates that in-ear connection as well. Uh, The noise cancellation, probably one of the best noise-cancelling experiences we've had. The Neurophone is an incredible pair of headphones, and there are a lot of places where you can actually try them out for yourself. There's a lot of listening stations in various shopping centres. I I suggest that you uh, give them a listen for yourself. You'll be pleasantly surprised if you really like listening to music. Give Neurophone a try; it'll surprise you at how differently your music will sound. And I'm talking differently uh, in a good way. Uh, how your music will sound—it just, just sounds a lot richer and and deeper, and just has a lot more uh, authority to the music. It's, it, it, you really have to hear it for yourself to appreciate it. Neurophone, four hundred ninety nine bucks—well uh, worth it if you're really into your music. So uh, you want to read our full review, you can do that at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Well, Amazon have had a pretty big Christmas and they've let us all know, of course, what were the big sellers over Christmas. So Amazon uh, in Australia... And worldwide we've got some information about the top brands. Uh the number one brand, surprisingly, was Nintendo. I think the Nintendo Switch had a great Christmas. So a lot of a lot of people were looking for that to put that little baby under the tree. But the other products that were very popular as well, and we mentioned them a minute ago in the other segment, the Bose Quiet Comfort 35 Series 2, also very popular. As were SanDisk memory cards, so uh, memory cards, of course, which are powering our drones and uh, for our dash cams and for our GoPros and for our cameras. We need a memory card to store all these photos and videos that we're shooting, so that was a very popular gift as well. The most popular video games was Marvel's Spider-Man, which is excellent, and also Super Super Smash Brothers Ultimate for all those Nintendo Switch consoles that were sold, of course. Uh, but the the whole, the sales, so the, the highlights from the Australia, the holiday shopping season, so from the 23rd of November, we're talking to Friday, the 21st of December. So we're not talking Boxing Day sales. So as we said, Nintendo, Bose, they had a good Christmas. Uh, and the Fortnite edition Monopoly board game was also very popular. Uh, The best-selling consumer electronics products were the Bose wireless headphones. Best-selling beauty brands were Neutrogena, Nivea, uh, they were the two top sellers. The best selling grooming products came from Philips, the Philips One Blade and the Braun Series 7 Wet and Dry Electric Shaver, who also were doing pretty well. As were the best selling Amazon devices were, of course, the Echo Dot, second and third generation, along with the new Kindle Paperwhite and the Fire TV Stick as well. Now, moving to Boxing Day. Let's talk about that. And the new Nintendo 3DS XL was very popular. That that was marked down uh, considerably in the Boxing Day sales. Uh, So the top-performing brands, Nintendo, Sony, Philips uh, in the tech side. Amazon, of course, the Echo speakers did really well. Again, they reduced prices for the Boxing Day sales. Lego also did very well. Boxing Day uh, sales events dominated by Lego minifigures, Harry Potter, And fantastic beasts collectible toy series as well. So really interesting data there from Amazon. That's kind of a snapshot. And uh, I've heard similar kind of, uh, reports from other, other stores. Nintendo, the Nintendo Switch was super popular this Christmas. So that's no surprise, but it was also popular, of course, at Amazon as well. If you want to read those full lists, you can check them out at techguide.com.au. Now, Signet have released a new range of wireless charging solutions. Now, anyone who owns a a an iPhone eight, an iPhone ten, a Samsung device, a a Huawei device, they uh, a lot of them have wireless charging. So, rather than you having to connect a cable, you can now choose one of these new. Products from Signet to charge on the move. Uh, let's start off with the Signet Race uh, Wireless Charging Mount. Oh, it's a 10 watt charger, so this is uh, kind of kills two birds with one stone. This is a, a mount for your phone, but it also, when you fit your, when you slip your phone into the mount, it's also charging it wirelessly as well. So you got a charger and a mount all in one. That's 89.95. Next up, you have got the Signet Charge Up Swift. This is a wireless power bank also 10k output 8995 and this has two USB ports and it also has a wireless charging pad as well so on the side of the battery you see the logo the signet logo and you place your phone on that on that logo and boom, you're wirelessly charging, so you don't have to actually bring your cable with the battery. It does have, of course, USB ports to charge other devices at the same time, or maybe the non-wireless charging products, but they all feature the fast Qi charging, so uh, that, that works really well if you've got a new iPhone or Samsung devices. All these wireless smartphones will work really well. Now, if you've got more than one device to charge, the Signet 2-fold, which is a 20-watt dual wireless charger, that can also help out as well. So it's a charging mat, and there are two Positions on the mat where you can place phones, so you can charge two wireless devices at the same time. So you might charge your two iPhone tens, maybe your husband and wife. Might want to put them together. You might want to have uh, your, a Samsung and, a, and an iPhone. No matter what, no matter what phone you put on it, it detects what phone it is, whether it's an iPhone or an Android device, and works out the best charging speed as well. So two for the price of one there. Well, it's not the price of one. It's $129.95, so slightly more expensive. But you you can charge two devices at the same time. So really handy there. There's also the Signet Prime wireless charging stand. So this can be positioned flat. Uh, And again, no need to stuff around with cables. Just pop your phone on top and it's going to charge it. You can position it at an angle. Uh, you can charge in landscape mode, in portrait mode, however you want. You might want to be viewing content while you're charging as well. Uh, this also is equipped with Signet's thermal dissipation, dissipation system, so it can control the charging temperature. So you know it's going to be charged quickly, but also charged safely. Signet, some great products there. If you do have a device that can be wirelessly charged, it's well worth looking at. Those prices, too, uh, that I've mentioned already, they're also listed on the, our story on Tech Guide. Images there as well. So if you do have a device you want to charge wirelessly, then this is a great way to do it. For the full story, check it out at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Now, you probably have antivirus on your computers and tablets, but did you know that your router could be letting hackers into your home? The router is the heart of the connected home, but can also provide an entry point for hackers to attack anything connected to your network. They can infect your devices, steal your information, and even spy on your home. And unfortunately, just password protecting your router won't block these threats introducing Norton Core, a smart, more secure Wi-Fi router that delivers speed and security all in one. Norton Core delivers next-gen Wi-Fi speeds to every corner of your home while helping to protect all your connected devices, things like computers, phones, smart TVs, baby monitors, gaming consoles, smart speakers, and many more. Protects them all from digital threats by helping to block them at the network level. With built-in parental controls, Norton Core also lets you set screen time limits by Device or user, set content filters, and even pause the internet across your home or from an easy-to-use smartphone app. Norton Core, the smart, more secure Wi-Fi router, is available now at your local Harvey Norman store. Tech guide. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. For the Tech Guide Help Desk, I thought I'd help all our parents listening and parents that have children on school holidays. Now, here's some tips that we got from our friend, Dr. Joanne Orlando, some tips to help you manage your child's screen time during the school holiday. So it's we know that six weeks is a long break, and it would be really easy just to let, you, let your child watch as much YouTube as they want. But, yeah, that's not the ideal solution here. So Dr. Jo, she gave us some interesting tips for managing screen time over the holidays. So number one, encourage your child to use the device creatively. So give them a project. So instead of just watching hours of YouTube, give them a technology holiday projects so they can make a video of the family, script and act out a play scene with their toys and become stars of their video. So they're using their tech, but they're having fun doing it. They're not just vegging out watching YouTube all the time. Number two, now if you're a working parent, juggling work with school holidays, that can be hard and devices can seem like the only choice to keep your kids quiet. Well, if you keep doing this, it, it does create an unhealthy habit. So uh, in, the, in the long term, if you want kids to... Uh, you use some strategies to keep kids busy rather than just saying, yeah, okay, have a look at, have a look at your, your, your screen. You can encourage them to, to do things. Get outside. Do other things. Uh, so don't just settle for the screen time. Suggest other things they can do. Uh, number three, get your child to play with others when they're on their device. So they're having their screen time, but they, they're playing against other people. Maybe they're playing a game or doing a quiz. So this can include you as well as the parent. So you're spending time with your child and also having fun, and they're having their screen time at the same time. Number four, create new habits for waking up. Now, when your child wakes up, when they're on holidays, they don't have to rush to get to school. They're on holidays. And normally the first thing they do is they'd go straight to the device. So if you want to, if you want to get around that, maybe encourage them to do something else in the morning. Maybe play with the dog. Maybe play outside. Do something else to start the day rather than just Going straight to the device and maybe get them to draw a picture, put it on the fridge, a picture of the day, something like that. Number five, get your kids to write ebooks about their holiday activities. Now, again, they're spending time on the screen, but it's creative time. They're, they're doing things. They're writing a story, creating photos, making videos. This, this sort of thing. So it's a great holiday activity. So they can use that screen time, but also be creative at the same time. Now, if you are concerned about how much time your child is spending on their device, there there are several features. If, if your child is using an iPad or an iPhone, Apple has a number of features that can help you monitor how much time you're spending. And that feature is screen time. That's a new feature of iOS 12 that gives you a really good overview of the amount of time you've spent not only on your device but also on individual apps as well. So a really good way to see whether you do have a problem if you're spending too much time and it really breaks it down so you can, uh, you can create that not only see how much time you're spending, but also then create rules and even, uh, you can create exceptions maybe. So, uh, there's unlimited use of messages, for example, but you've only got a certain time to use gaming apps. You've got unlimited times using educational apps. So there's all these, uh, in these, the various options that you have as a parent. Family sharing is also a handy feature as well on the, uh, on iOS devices. So if your child, for example, wants to download an app or They want to maybe make an in-app purchase. You'll be, you'll have to approve it as the, as the mum or dad. You'll have to approve that purchase and, and allow them or deny them. You, so how many stories have you heard where the child is playing a game? They've made all these in-app purchases to which to them seems like nothing, but to you, you get a a bill for $1,500. It's not so funny. So with family sharing, you get to approve every one of those in-app purchases or app downloads from the get-go. There is they are the tips that uh, Dr Joe Orlando has provided for us and if you want to read them all you can check them out at techguide.com.au And that is the end of our first show for 2019. You can read about everything we've talked about, of course, at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch with us, click on the icon on Tech Guide and send us a voice bite. We'll hear your voice on the podcast and then my voice answering your tech question. And if you can also, uh, if you want to send us an email, you can do that as well, info at techguide.com.au. We want to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also North the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.